0: Welcome to the Harrisburg Brethren in Christ Church Podcast. My name is Ryan Kegman. The HBIC Podcast brings you weekly episodes on the topic of discipleship, where we'll sit down with members of the HBIC family to hear their stories, hear about the different ways people at HBIC are pursuing discipleship, in other words, how they're learning to follow Jesus' example and obey his teachings in their daily lives in practical ways. This week I had the pleasure of sitting down with Lam Nguyen to discuss his story a bit and their family practice of casting lots. (laughs) Um, Not literally rolling dice, but close. Uh, Kind of the lengths that they go to to determine what they should do, what they think God wants them to do, where they should go as a family. Um, It's a pretty wide-ranging and and super interesting conversation that I am really excited to share with you all. Uh, Here is my conversation with
1: Lam Nguyen. Hope you enjoy. Lam Wynn, welcome. Pastor Ryan Cagno. Please, please. Brother just, Ryan Cagno.
0: Please just call me Pastor. Pastor. No, don't put the name on it.
1: Um, Lam, I, that, I'm
0: P? grateful. Yeah, you can it's say that PRC? Too. We're going to move on. Um,
1: <laughs> this is No enough. one
0: take any of these as suggestions okay. of things to call me. Uh, I'm delighted to have you on the podcast. Um, you are... You remind me of uh, the most interesting man in the world. Those Dosakis commercials, but
1: but I don't have a beard.
0: No, not visually at at all. Um, No offense, but more just connects. Though I have known you for a year, maybe, and feel like every time I hear something about you, um, from who it just from yourself, it just (laughs) fills out another (laughs) facet of this who uh, I am beautiful diamond of your life. So. Yeah, I, I am I'm curious because you know, um, so people at HBIC might not know that, you know, you spent a whole week of your summer leading a VBS for a very interesting church in Lancaster County and, and there's things like that, that okay. you do. You also spun and then on the other side of the spectrum you also spontaneously run uh, marathons, Marath- marathons. Like double marathons. Quote unquote run. While yeah, what well <laughs> It's notable because your training involves like you start to think about it three weeks ahead of time, and yeah. then you just go to Disney and like and
1: run, just a go run a marathon. So, first off, I guess since we're in Central PA, a lot of times when people visit or, or see me, I guess for the first time, it's like, "Where are you from?" Right? So that's <laughs> why a good, is that? Lance? Yeah. Why is that? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm only 6 two. I'm about what, like probably three hundred pounds. Uh, so I'm not that. I'm not. I'm not a typical Vietnamese person. Mm. I am Vietnamese, but mm. I'm also American. Uh, but yeah, I was born and raised in Delaware, uh, the suburbs of Wilmington City. Um, Shout out Joe Biden. Yep. Dr. J- Jill. Joey B. And uh, But because I was uh, born and raised in Delaware, of course, my family is not from Delaware. They They went there because of... Now, this is the trick because of work. So they're not from Delaware, but they went to school out in Illinois. Mm. Of course, they're not from Illinois either. So that was where my dad went to grad school. So he he went to Illinois after being in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, but he's also not from Kansas City, Missouri either. So he actually ended up Kansas City, Missouri because of uh, his family um, got him a job, or not got him a attendance and application to apply to William Jewell College out in Kansas City, Missouri. And so he went straight from Vietnam to college. Hmm. Uh, my mom, on the other hand, she was at Illinois and somehow met my dad. And that's how she ended up being in Illinois for school or something like that. Didn't I think She might have finished, done something. I'm not sure. But she's not from Illinois, either. She's actually from. She went to school in California, Orange County, but she's not from Orange County, California either. They were in Omaha, Nebraska, before Orange County, California, but she's not from Omaha, Nebraska either. So, they're legitly like a refugee family from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's to say and to share that, you know, uh, my parents have been different places in the states as refugees from my mom's side. My dad doesn't count as a refugee, so I can't say I'm a full refugee child, but I'm half refugee. And family is all over the U.S. A majority of them are all in California. So growing up, born and raised in Delaware, school years and stuff were done in Delaware. Summertimes were spent in California mm-hmm. with grandparents and uncles and aunts. Yeah, that's what growing up was like. So I grew up in, you know, Delaware, you can picture. Um, growing up was one of, we were one of the first groups of students who were going into school with like desegregation. Mm. Yeah, so living in the suburbs, we were bused into the city. Kids who were busting who lived in the city were bused in the suburbs. So my school was in the city for three years, then back in the suburbs for three years. And this was
0: back
1: the eighties? Yeah, started in the eighties. Mm-hmm. So schooling wise, diversity wise, that's what it was. But that first question of like where you're from or you know, the Asian-ness, quote unquote Asianness, didn't pop up until like first grade where some kid was like, Oh, you you must know kung fu or something. Oh wow. Uh, I said, I actually know karate. <laughs> <laughs> and so he said, oh, sh- no, you don't. And I was like, yeah, you do. You asked me if I knew. I said, yeah, so I'll show you something. And then I kicked him, and then he <laughs> fell on the floor. And then that was the end of the conversation. So it's not very pacifistic of us. But yeah, so sure. anyways, that's kind of a background of growing up. So I'd been in California a lot, so mm. got to experience a lot of the my Asian heritage and culture. But also growing up, went to an Asian church up in Philadelphia, um, would go to a Vietnamese Mennonite church which was always fun to explain to people because then they're like, oh, you're Amish, but we're not, right? We're
0: aspiring Amish. Yeah, we're aspiring
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Was it f- spawned from a Mennonite congregation
1: in Vietnam? Or? I don't think it was spawned in Vietnam. It was, it started here in America. Okay. And I could be wrong. The uncles and aunties can tell me and I we can put an asterisk on this podcast, mm-hmm. on this episode. But uh, it started something. out in um, Fort Indiatown Gap because there was a group of Vietnamese people there. And a Mennonite, um, the Mennonite congregation sponsored a lot of the Vietnamese people. Okay. So they moved from there to, I think, like Allentown area and then down to Philly. Hmm. And so when my dad and mom moved to Delaware, he was looking around. The first thing you do when you're from another country is you open up the phone book and find every, someone with the same last name. And then you call him and hit him up. Yeah. And <laughs> the rest is history. But that's one church background. But uh, my father's father was a pastor. My mother's father is also a pastor. Wow. Yeah. So there's some church background there. But So my, it's only a matter of time for uh, you. Maybe. Well, we'll see what happens. Is it something you've thought about? We have discussed it. So here so I'm not sure if we would get into that this one, but we have discussed it and, and by we I mean my wife Anita. So I am married and I have four children. Mm-hmm. Currently they are nine, seven, four, and two. And they all copied her the initial of her first name, but not yours. Yeah. So her her, her initial is A for Anita. So the first one's Axel, second one's Annika, Asher, and then Archibald. Mm-hmm. And we call him Archie. Um, did you pitch any L names in that scenario or did you just get shot down? Or So, the running joke is maybe the last child that will ever come into the family will have an M name. And then we could just have oh. a family just with L A, oh. however long, that, how many A's <laughs> are there going to be, and then M. <laughs> that would redeem you somewhat. <laughs> yeah, <someone I> won't <laughs> just, you <laughs> won't just back. be the outlier anymore. Yes, yeah, it I was mean,
0: all building, yeah, too. Yes, oh, Does it mean, you guys are gonna have a fifth child?
1: Uh, no, I don't. Nah, not currently, not that I'm aware of. But <laughs> it's not off the it's table, not, though. It's not off the table. But church background, yeah. You're, we're coming from pastors of pastors. and then, Yeah. So um, you've, t-
0: you've thought about, is that legacy going to,
1: am I going to take that mantle
0: up at some point? Is that going to be something I do?
1: So funny enough, I think this will be the first time it's been shared. But I have, a- I was asked a few. Breaking news. Breaking news. The, the on the first. <laughs> I'll edit it in. <laughs> On the first episode. Is this the first episode? Well, it has to be now. I okay. was leaving my options open. But oh, yeah, okay. Well, so. it's not the first. It's whatever episode. Whatever so episode. Breaking news is. on whatever episode this shows up. <laughs> um, Anita and I were asked to pastor a congregation out in Lancaster. Mm-hmm. Um, we were asked to uh, help lead, a, it's called Habecker Mennonite Church. And um, the reason why was we were there. When we moved to Harrisburg, we were coming from, Pennsylvania, uh, from Philadelphia and um mennonite church i would say i started creating these new terminology because i'd never heard or seen anything like it but i would call it you know you you've heard the term like refugee congregation or something like that Um, but this was kind of cool where the first week we showed up um people were like don't be too surprised or I, i had no idea what to expect and it's this congregation in the countryside of like western lancaster farmland and I saw a bunch of Asian people like in the parking lot. And I'm thinking, oh, they're just visiting this <laughs> white church because we're in farmland. There's in a lot of Lancaster. tourism, yeah. uh, oddly enough, in you know, yeah. Amish country and so those like, places. They're, they're just probably visiting. Mm-hmm. And then I walk in and say, like, oh, there's a lot of Asian people <laughs> that are visiting. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the service started, and it was in... What I now n- understand their language was Karen. And then at that point, I was like, oh, they're not visiting. So I I, I wasn't sure what I was getting into. Uh, and but Karen the, is a dialect? Karen of. is uh, a group of indigenous people from uh, Myanmar, Burma. OK. Um, so their language is Karen. But some of them speak Burmese. But we were there. And what ended up happening was I noticed, I call them legacy Mennonite. So, you know, there are Mennonite families that can call generations down the line. So I call those people legacy Mennonite. Um, I'm not there yet because I think I can only do my generation, my dad. So I'll wait until I get to like yeah, six. If
0: you can't trace it back seven, to at
1: least the 1700s, oh, then it, it doesn't, doesn't count, count yet. Yeah. So, <laughs> so in 300 years, it counts at 2,000.
0: You have to be a Lamb Weaver, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, damn. man.
1: Yeah, so. <laughs> what a... One of the Legacy Mennonite guys came up to me and was like, oh, I'm I'm so glad you could come and, you know, come visit us. They were not in Karen. That was an English service, but a bunch of Karen people were there. And he goes, oh, you came on the right weekend. And I was like, oh, why? What happens on another weekend? He's like, if you come the next weekend, uh, we have church in their language. I go, oh. So then what do you Legacy Mennonite people do? Do you have, like, your own little Bible study downstairs and then just head out when you're done? he goes, oh, no, no we worship the same God, we can sing the same hymns. It just sounds different. I was like, oh, this is awesome, so. It's very cool. So because, you know, I told you I was family part refugee, I wanted to kind of see what it was like to grow up during that time. Because my, you know, my mom was in the 70s, that's where she was growing up, like in Omaha, Nebraska, as a refugee family. So wanted to see what church was like for people who are new coming into the US. In my mind, I thought, you know, life is cyclical. So I thought anything my mom experienced, like my mom's generation experienced in white churches in s- Midwest USA, she w- they would probably have the same things that happened in the past would happen in here in the present at that time. And so I just wanted to be a witness to see what that, w- that looked like. But then at the same time, uh, Anne and I thought it would be nice if we could be a testimony to where people who are coming now, their children's children or children could be where we are at at some point. Uh, so yeah, so we'd be, we were going there when we were living in Harrisburg, which is a dr- an hour drive. But funny enough, growing up, we would live in Delaware, but drive up to Philly. So church-wise, we were willing to do a lot of things, driving, spending time. So yeah, we were asked at one point to see if we wanted to lead uh, the, that congregation with another couple, and you said no, or we not prayed yet? and talked about it. But the one of the big things was Anita's a physician, and um, time we she knew what time what what amount of time would be needed mm-hmm. to do a to do a good job. Because mm-hmm. um, we didn't want to just show up on a weekend or something, you know. And especially we're living in Harrisburg, so you're driving back and forth. And so, you know, if you do this whole like APES thing, figuring out who, what quality traits you have as a leader, uh, if you're doing pastoral care, you have to come back and forth. And then we had one kid at the time. So it's a lot of time commitment. And that was kind of worrisome. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to work together, her and I. And if we're called to do, if one of us is called to do something, then both of us are, have to be called to do the same thing.
0: Quick aside, you mentioned the APES, and I don't know if everyone would know exactly what that is, but
1: I can explain it really okay, quick. You can it's exc- just an acronym. You, okay, you do it because uh, it might take forever for me.
0: It's just an acronym that's derived from Ephesians chapter 4. Um, the gifts that when Christ ascended, he poured out on the church, uh, being uh, he gave them the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, mm-hmm. uh, shepherds, pastors, you know, the caregivers um this called the fivefold gifting other places you can look that up um you know i don't think it's an ironclad set in stone kind of no. thing but it it's it can be a helpful way of understanding um yeah what the tip of your spear might be in terms of your gifting in mm-hmm. the church especially in like church leadership they tend to think about it that way so yeah yep. you can yep. test for your past and what were you guys i mean it sounds like yeah maybe anita's got a shepherd in no, there. I don't remember. She, uh, no, she definitely doesn't care about people. She's she not a shepherd. A different part that I would like to press into a little bit further is, you know, you talk about you and Anita. If you're called to something, you want to be called together in it. You want to make sure that you guys can both do it well. Do you guys approach your life? and you, I mean, how would you say you, you and her approach your life and your decision-making together, especially as it relates to your mission as a couple? Do you think, in terms of, is it maybe that using that word "mission" isn't even appropriate? But how do you how do you think about
1: it? So, being married, we definitely ju- uh, we jump full in on the two become one mm-hmm. notion, right? And it's more like three become one because we're including God in a lot of our decision. And um, every decision that we, I can't say every because that's too loaded, but most of the decisions that we make, it's with The uh, thought of how will this also affect the other person, and is it beneficial and helpful for each of you know both of us, or is it both is is it something that we can allot ourselves time to? So part of me growing up in the church, uh, in Asian culture, so I shared with you this before in one of the classes where, when a pastor, at the time a lot more male pastors than female pastors, right? So in the Vietnamese tradition, you would call the male pastor Mister Pastor and the wife would be called Mrs. Pastor. That's the literal translation. And everywhere they went, it was a Mr. Pastor and a Mrs. Pastor. And Mrs. Pastor was wherever the Mr. Pastor was. And so I think like growing up in that kind of setting, when one person is called to lead or do something, it's expected culturally that the spouse will follow and be right there next to the person who was asked. And so, I guess that's kind of just ingrained in us, like how we think and how we move and do things. And so, yeah, we, we try to, we have discussions on what choices and what activities or tasks that we would like to pick up. Now, if we get to a point where one of us feels like one is more than the other, like we need to really hash it out and we can't come to a spot, we do this thing called the Mennonite way. And so... The Mennonite way is basically like the equivalent of drawing lots in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. But we're doing this modern day. And we, did, we do this for a lot of our big decision-making
0: things. By so, the way, how awesome is it that in the Old Testament, if they couldn't come to agreement, they just
1: literally rolled dice yeah. to determine what God wanted them to do. That's and That's great. I remember preaching on this way back when, and it was like, you know, it's not a probability thing, right? Because your faith is in God, so whatever you roll is 100%. Mm. And so... That's but it's th- probably going to be sevens. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> then it's hundred percent. Hundred percent
0: was going to be sevens. Yeah. Right. So. Okay. So you guys would. Yeah. Cast so we would lots. do cast lots
1: basically, and do the Mennonite method, and fast and pray for a week, two weeks, and then have a baby. Pick our pick a thing out, and so. <laughs> yeah I, the way
0: you paused there and i thought like having a baby was part of your process of discernment <laughs> we would, no, we i was like well that's why you have so we many would children find
1: every time out. there's a fork yeah. in the road <laughs> it's like, do we We're have like, more let's, let's, have, let's have, have a child, child and find and out. if it's a boy we'll do lamb's <laughs> way and if it's a girl <laughs> we we actually would find like children around like in the church community we'd be like hey can we can we ask to borrow your child and and do this thing, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, sure." And then so we would pray. Funny enough, that's how we ended up in Harrisburg too. So Anita, when she was finished her residency, we were looking at all these places that were offering her jobs: uh, California, mm-hmm. uh, a couple places in the Midwest, Connecticut, of course, Philly, Virginia. Like, we had a, a bunch of places, and we listed pros and cons. But you know, we really felt we need to be. You know, the people use that term called to someplace, but I can't fully understand whether or not you're called. So casting lots to us is pretty much, that's it, right? Mm. And so I was always taught, like, it's easier to ask God to close a couple doors than to show me which one's the right way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? So, so you would, like, pray and fast for a couple weeks,
0: and then you'd have a baby, like, pick. You'd put the baby in between a oh,
1: we, a blue Lego and a green Lego. N- and nah, we we would just bunch up the things that we wrote out. Oh, and okay. Would, the baby would pick something from the container or like a hat or whichever a bag. paper the baby started to eat yeah. first would be the one. So that, funny, you know. it wasn't eat first. So it was Axel was there. So we had Axel. Axel was a uh, seven months, eight months at the time. So we had him pick out of picks out of six choices in a in a bag and Harrisburg popped up mm. the first time and then was like oh, I guess it really is Harrisburg and I was like yep yeah, because you know what if we do this a second time it's going to be Harrisburg again and she 100% goes of let's time. do it yeah so we put through it in the second time well Harrisburg came back no out. kidding yeah and then I was like funny enough I bet you if we did this third time it would probably be Harrisburg again and India goes yeah it probably would be let's just see what will happen throw it in Axel grabs a thing, shoves it in his mouth, and takes another thing and just threw it on the floor. Picked it up, the thing that he threw on the floor. It was neither of the, it wasn't Harrisburg. I'm like, Axel, just give me the thing in your mouth. Popped out, pulled out of his mouth, Harrisburg. Oh, man. So, it's kind of see. That gives you, I guess, a glimpse into, like, how I approach some kind of
0: life. That's the best w- answer possible to, so what brings you to Harrisburg?
1: Yeah, and as I well. D- I was my night ch-
0: my <laughs> child was casting lots and and <laughs> ate a piece of paper that in had Harrisburg. Harrisburg written on it. And That's here I am. pretty amazing. And,
1: and so, you know, to get to know me, do you know that that's like unusual? Do I know that? That's do you unusual have a, sense, a sense, that, sense
0: that? Do you have a sense that the average person, myself included, is not not the specific method, but just the idea of. Casting a lot or saying God's going
1: to tell us through this method how where to go and then we're just going to go. That's like f- childlike faith. Yeah. Um, I want to carry that as much as I can because mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of times we can kind of get in the way of our own decision-making. And I want I want to be like, you know, like I said before, like when someone says, oh, yeah, I felt God calling me to do this or God told me to do this, like, how is he talking to you you know like that's kind of like a personal that's like a personal moment right like i i i don't have the right to be like oh that's not god talking to you that's your your own mind making these decisions for you so i wanted to have some kind of like physical tangible evidence mm-hmm. that said this is what it was and mm-hmm. so i that's that's how i we approached it and so whenever it's like a big decision that we really think could be like this point in our life, it would be the Mennonite way. Sure. And uh, Yeah, there's
0: a lot of different approaches to discerning the voice of the mm-hmm. Lord. Some people are going to wait for a, an audible word or mm-hmm. wait for God to drop one of uh, infinite options yeah. into our minds or into yeah. our laps. There's other people and I, sometimes I would count myself in this camp who just would say God created us with Wisdom and give it to us as a spirit, and like to make
1: good decisions, and we trust, you know, and trust us with them. And and I, I agree with all of that, right? But for me, I don't want to ever get to that point where I'm like, was that really Mm -hmm. God? Mm. Does that make sense? Like, if I'm calling an audible or trying to use my wisdom. I don't want to look back and go, ah, that was the moment that I shouldn't have done that kind of deal. Okay. And so I guess it's, for me it's like a safety net also to basically say, like, if I'm going to try these things out, try something new, and I go, oh, well, <laughs> baby picked it, God picked yeah, it, right? That's, then it kind of, <laughs> it's like. If that's what it takes to get if you to that's Harrisburg. that's what it takes then, to get me okay. to go here, then I'm. <laughs> I'm here. Harrisburg's
0: a beautiful city that we love, and we would have chosen it ourselves. It's a great
1: place. I'm having fun. We're all having a good time out here. So
0: what? Uh, how important of a decision does it need to be to rise to the level of, uh, you that know, seeking Mennonite, God that much? That method. The Mennonite way or... So when you are waking up in the morning and thinking about how you're, yeah. you're going to structure your day, the things you're going to do, how often or in what types of scenarios are you typically seeking his direction for
1: okay so in that case if it's something that's not normal like out of the ordinary kind of deal sure like you're not asking god if you should take your kids to school yeah Yeah. if it's something that's out of the ordinary then that's that's the moment where that's where uh, prayer and discussion with the anita comes up Hmm. and then if it comes to that point where prayer and discussion we're still at like a crossroad and we're not sure still like, we're not fully set on this or that. Then we have to lean on God to come up with mm-hmm. the answer for us. So, like, a lot of the things that we've chosen to do so thus far didn't require the Mennonite way, except for that, you know, a couple big things that happened. But a lot of it was a lot of discussion. And then we go, okay, I have a random idea that just popped up in my head. Mm-hmm. What do you think? And we would have a discussion, and then she'd go, sounds, sounds kosher. And, then and you're kind
0: of testing those ideas with each yeah, other. Is testing this, it, yeah. does, do you
1: think this is from the Lord? Does this, does this sound kosher? Does it sound, yeah, does <laughs> this sound faith-based? Sure. You know, and um, scripturally sound. And then we would, and then if, if, if the answer is yes, then we would go and do it. If the answer is we're not really sure, then we'd be like, okay, well, we know what we have to do. And... But the thing is like the Mennonite way, That's those are like big, big decisions. But anything that's leading up to something important, we'll still fast mm-hmm. and we'll still pray.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we will make a decision together. Mm-hmm. So anything that's quote unquote big within like the church community or things that we think may or may not happen, then we'll pray and fast for. So praying and fasting is like a big facet for a lot of the decision making. Mm-hmm. But but we don't pray and fast for what color shoes or I didn't mean that. Yeah, I um, know, just no I didn't mean that um
0: <laughs> derogatorily or um, facetiously. But you know, we're on a prayer chain and mm-hmm. the depth of and detail of like the things you're asking for prayer for and, and for guidance in or God's hand in your thinking about your life. Mm-hmm in those terms at a way deeper level than I tend to. Okay. You know, you're seeking to be obedience be obedient to Jesus at, at a level that's
1: like uh, really specific. Sure. And and consistent. So what Ryan is alluding to is we have a group that so we call interblessery. So in uh, it's a mix of intercession and blessing. No, we got it. We got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, well, I'm just making sure some people don't know inter-blessing. The B is capital, capital but it's B. still one word. It's yeah, one yeah. word. So, so that you know, something like that. Like the thought popped up in my head, and it was a random conversation mm-hmm. we had. And the thought popped up was, could, could, uh, has there ever been, or at least maybe history, or has, has, have people been a part of something where? Instead of praying for yourself mm-hmm. every day, could we pray for other people? And not just pray for other people like, oh, I you prayed for me. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. Like, yeah. it's tit for tat, right? But it was more like, I really want to pray for you. And, and I, I think, think,
0: think we should keep the results of that experiment
1: for okay. the next episode next as episode, a spoiler.
0: So, but for to, So you can find out whether or not the inner <laughs> blessory was a massive failure and a waste of time. <laughs> I, I just mean it to say, like, so we would share... Um, We would share the things we were looking for prayer for that day Mm -hmm. or something. And we'd each have somewhat decent lists. And then you would share the things you were looking for prayer for, like, within the next hour. Uh And it was, like, solidly three times as long as everybody else's (laughs) list. And it's (laughs) like, I was like, man, this guy prays a ton. This is not a fair or, like proportional experiment he's well, the reason he wants to do this is he's tired of I need praying someone to pray so for much me. he's praying so much I and he's so. you you are seeking the lord's guidance so consistently so many times throughout your day or seeking the lord's intervention and blessing and help um so much and i just think that's i want you to know and i'm i'm sure anyone listening to this understands like how you know remarkable and noteworthy it is that whether it's the mennonite way or whether it's you and anita just praying and fasting mm. and discerning your decisions together that's um that is a humbling model for us but there's something in you and in anita that just like you want to try things mm-hmm. and that's what you want to leave with people here. It's just like
1: try it and see what happens do it see what happens yeah and then try another thing you know, we're really l- doing the let go let god. Oh, boy. <laughs> you love that. I lo- I love those little quips. <laughs>
0: you have a t-shirt? You have a let go let god t-shirt? I, I don't. I should probably make I one. I used to I used to have one. I can one. make you one. You can st- press shirts. I, I'll
1: press you a let go let god shirt. You have a s- pr- you have a screen? I have a heat press, dye sublimation thing. Of course he does. Random. <laughs> Random <thing.
0: laughs> We're gonna do a third episode with Lamb someday, and it's just called "What's in Your Garage." (laughs) Oh, you don't want to see that. (laughs) I have seen it. (laughs) Yeah, you
1: have seen that. So there's a lot of fun stuff in there.
0: (laughs) Now introducing a new 71-part series, "What's in Lamb's Garage." Oh
1: boy! Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah,
0: thank you for your time, Lamb. Encouraging, convicting, challenging. Go, birds.